last night of youth before we take a break for the summer and then head off to youth camp. And I just thank you for this time we've had to be able to worship, just to be able to just have a fun time singing to you, worshiping to you. And and uh, I just pray that everyone here will just be excited as I am to go to camp and to be able to just be in your presence and uh, be just overrun by you going to camp and to be able to just take that fire for you and go back to our homes or go back to a mission field if it's near or far and preach your love to everyone. And I pray as Dan comes up, he just, this last message he has to give to us, it just, I pray it impacts our heart and just stays with us and that we will be able to go forth and just proclaim your message through this. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. What book are we in? Let me say it with my glasses on my mouth. What book are we in? Who, who wrote it? It's the last time I'm going to ask that, that, that question. Is that sort of sad, sad to you guys? No. It's not, <laughs> no, not a bit. <laughs> Haven't heard anything you've said for a couple months now. Um, who did he write it to? Timothy. Where was Paul when he wrote it? Rome and prison. <clears throat> How many years do we think Paul lived after he wrote this? I haven't really asked that question, have I? Sort of. We talked about it. Less than a year. A year less, they believe, from when he, he finished this. He, 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 was, he was killed. He was mart- martyred uh, when he was in pr- prison. He was never free again. So we're, we're in the, the last words of, of, of Paul um, part two tonight, and there, there's just some interesting things I, I want to see, uh, and for you, I, you know, I've looked at, and I want you to see as we wrap up the letter, turn to Second Timothy, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I, 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 I will just about, if I need to, beg you uh, to bring your Bibles to youth group. Uh, just bring your Bibles to youth group. That's the first step. If you, if you will start to bring it to youth group, to church, then you'll probably start to bring it someplace else. Uh, if you don't even bring it to youth group or church, you probably never bring it in any place else. Uh, but we open it up, and I want you to look at the Bible that you have and see the words that it has. So you understand, when you look at it, don't take Dan's word for it. Look at what the Word of God says and, and, and use that to help sort of judge uh, where, what the truth is. I try to get it as right as I can. I think I get it right most the time. Most of the time. Are you all okay? Are you with me? I need you to be with me just for a, li- a little while. Okay, everybody stand up with me then. We're going to read in, uh, in 2 Tim- Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. <clears throat> and we're not going to go to all the way to the end, but we're going we're to come um, close. We're going to probably go to verse 18. He says this, Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Lanica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Also the books and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. 
At my first defense, no one came to stand by, by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through him, through, through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the, the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every, de- every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you choose to speak to us through your holy and perfect word. And Lord, I just ask tonight that, um, Lord, as weak as I am, um, that your message will come through as strong as ever, uh, that your truth will speak to our hearts, uh, and that you will, will guide us to understand your word and to live it out. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got three points I'm going to talk about that I see here in the text, and it's very interesting for me to see. I think it's sort of nice, it's very reassuring for me to see. Point one is this, relationships are messy. I want you to understand this, relationships are messy, and if they're not right now, they will be at some time, and many times they will get smooth and be messy and get smooth and be messy again. And it's interesting, we read this first part of this text from verses 9 to 15. Paul is talking about relationships. And these are with people and men who have helped or hurt the ministry of the gospel. Those, many of whom he's worked beside and trusted and poured his life into. And I don't know if, I think we all have folks that we've walked beside and we trusted. And some have what we, we it's gone well, and some it may not have, have gone well. And there's some people we may have walked beside who were going strong that we may have fallen away when they were in need of us to help. And so we're going to, I'm going to look really quick at these relationships because we pass through these names and we act like, oh, well, these are names and some guys he sent here and there. And what's the importance of this in text? I want you to understand what Paul is saying because it's so relatable to our own lives. First, first guy he says is named who? Look at, look, look, look at the word. If you got it, what's his first, the first guy he, he talks about? Demas, right? You see it there? Now, is it a good thing or a bad thing that he says about him? You think it's good? This is good. This is bad. Let's vote. Help, help me out, okay? Sort of, it sort of starts off good, or really it doesn't start off good, but if you know the background of this guy, it starts, starts off good. Now, let me share this. We've got scripture um, uh, Colossians 4, take a look at what it says on the screen. You don't have to, to turn there. We're going to jump at a few of these. He's talking about, at the end of this book, he talks about Luke, the beloved physician greets you as does Demas. This guy who is his friend, who has worked alongside of him, we read in Philemon as well, he talks about Demas as being a friend in the ministry, someone who works alongside him. And he says this, though. He says, so we understand from the previous text that he was very helpful but then he says the phrase, he's, he's in love with this pre, 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 present world. We don't know exactly what this means, but we do know that whatever Paul was in need of him to do, he left to do his own thing, and God was no longer a focus in his life. So it's a very sort of a sad thing we see in this first guy he talks about. The next guy, 
Cretans. We don't know much about him, but Paul doesn't say much, but we know that he's gone to Galatia. We assume Paul has sent him there, and he, or he's gone there of his own accord because there's work the Lord has him to do there. So he's talking about a friend in the faith he's working al- alongside. The next one is a guy named Ty- 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 Titus. If you look at the next book, from where we're, we, we've just come to the end of, the next book is, is a book that Paul writes to this guy who is another beloved son in the faith, who he loves, just like he loves Tim, Tim, Timothy. Okay, so, and he's gone to Dalmatia. Now, then he talks about a guy named Luke. Now, what two books in the New Testament did Luke write? The book of what? Luke and what? Acts. Very good, man. Wait, that's so good. Y'all are remembering stuff. You know, he wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of, of Acts. And Acts talks a lot about Paul and the early church and, 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 and what they were doing. And Luke was there a lot of times to record it. He saw it. He was an eyewitness to it. And he says this about Luke. Luke alone is with me. Man, he, he, there, there is a statement. I don't know if you've ever felt alone before and ever had somebody just come, and they don't even say a word, but they're just beside you. So you're not alone. When I had a, a friend, uh, and I, I'm almost moved. I had a, a friend of mine who's almost my age, uh, or he's past my age, but his his, his mother died th- th- this week. And um, and you wonder, do, you know, I'm I'm not in a spot where I can go see him. I'm a little bit too far away. And uh, so I go, well, what do I do? You know, do? Do you call him? What do you say? But then there's something that inside where you go, you know what? I'm going to call him, even if it's an awkward and there's no words to say. I'm going to let him know I love him. And I'm thinking about them and praying for them. There's something in those times, especially, and Paul, don't forget, he's in jail. He's, in, he's not in a great place, but Luke is with him. You know, sometimes God, many times, believer, God calls you just to be with that person that needs not to be alone. But you don't understand, I, I sort of had plans. Maybe God has this plan, which is much more important than those. Luke alone is with me. And then he says this. And if you don't know the background, you're going to miss the point. Because this is huge. Get Mark and bring him with you. For it's very useful to me for ministry. Get Mark. The guy's name is John Mark. It's referred to John, John Mark. Okay. In Acts chapter 15, there's a story. And if you look look on the screen, I'm going to read it from the screen. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. Next verse, but Paul thought best not to take, take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So, okay, stop right there for a second. So Barnabas and Paul had been doing this great work together. All of a sudden he said, hey, let's bring Mark along. And Paul goes, well, you know what, Mark, a, ba- a, a band, and it's not too long back. I don't want him to come with us. So verse 39 says, and, and there arose a sharp disagreement, so they each separated. So these two that had been in the faith working together, because they didn't agree that Mark should come or not, Paul said, I'm going my way. Understand, I think Paul was a great man of God, but Paul could have been in, in the wrong here. He may not have been, but in his life, Paul was in the wrong some. Understand, he was a man. Because we read these things, we go, whoa, Paul, whoa. No, we don't know what occurred, and they separated from each other. Barn, barn, Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Now, Mark is no dummy. He knows Paul doesn't want him along. 
And you wonder how he sort of feels, because Paul is a very strong man, a very great man. And then, is there one more verse in it? But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been committed by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. So we see there, Paul's like, I don't want Mark with me. He, he deserted us. He left us. And all of a sudden, you see here, in this little note, it's, a, it's a, such a redemption. If you're Mark and you get this letter, you get word that he said, hey, hey, Mark, Paul wants you. He's, he's not doing well, and he's asking for you because, because you're useful. And Mark may have had this, this, I don't know if someone's ever said something about you, and you've got this thing stuck in your head going, I'm just not that great. I'm just, and all of a sudden, redemption comes in one little line in this letter. Man, I love the way that pans out. He goes on and says, uh, Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus. If you look in Colossians 4, I just want you to see this isn't just some weird name we never heard before. Uh, he says this, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He's a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. These are people that he worked alongside, that he loved, and he's, he's pouring out them. When you come, bring the cloak. I left with Car- Carpus at Troas and the, also the books and above all the parchments. Now, those were of great worth, books and parchments, great worth. We, what we can tell, Carpus was, was a man who, who would host and take care of them. We don't know, but he was a believer, uh, and that's the way he sort of served. And then it says this, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. You know, in midst of all this, Paul is, is, is writing. These are last things that he's saying, and he's, he's talking about who has gone where and who has fallen away and who is going to serve there. And Luke is with him and bring Mark if you can because he's useful. And, and then he ends it, look out for this one guy. And we, we all have these people in our lives. We all, if, if you are, especially as, as, as you are seeking the Lord and trying to serve the Lord, there are people who will come around you and they will, you will be doing great things and then, then some will, will fall away. And you're like, whoa, 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 what? What, what happened? Some of you, I've seen you in youth group as you, you, you bond up and there's something uh, that you're like, man, that was good. We're, we're going to stand in our faith and there's a group of five of you. And then a month has passed and there's a group of three of you and, and two, two aren't there. And you go, oh. And it, life is going to ebb and flow. And Paul had the same thing in his life that we had in our relationships are messy. I, I you know. And I just want to, this, this was something I just thought of as I looked at this text this week. Before you guys were born, I was thinking of this, most of you, in 1998, a group of guys approached me that were, seventh, uh, that were probably 9th, 10th, 11th grade guys that said, hey, we, we um, want to grow in our faith. They went to my youth group, and they said, they said we, um, we want to meet every week because we need accountability in our lives because we want to live for Christ and we want to be a power for Christ. So we began to meet uh, for a couple years, uh, Thursday nights, I think. And we had, like, there's an old youth house that should have been condemned. It was pretty scary looking. Uh, It was an old house, and it had a pool table in it. That was about the only thing it had in it. And we would go there, shoot pool. We wouldn't do anything wrong, like we wouldn't smoke or nothing. We would just talk about our faith and and life and what it meant and and going out. And I was reminded of... Of, of the guys. And as I thought about what, when Paul talked about these guys, I thought about these guys who are now 36, 34. And I thought, 
what do I know about these guys as I've kept with them through the years? And there was a, there's a guy named, and, and, and this is what I want you to understand. Don't judge a book by its cover. That's one thing I've learned about this group of guys. Because the guys I thought would do well and be a power for Christ, some of them are, but some of them aren't. And a couple of them that I would, I would have bet my house, they're going to be the joke of jokes for Christianity. Useless. There's one guy that's amazing. Amazing. There's a guy named Eric Yeldell that's been on staff at, as a worship leader for like 15 years or more now at this point. And just loving the Lord and doing great things. There's a guy named J.E.T. Patton, who I've not kept in touch with well, but he's been and served on church staff for years. Brandon Hodges. Do you all know that guy? He's been up here a couple times to lead some of our, our guys. He was, didn't know that he's, in the past five years, he's been a bivocational youth leader. That means he's got a, a, a real job. I don't have a real job. He's got a real job, and then he, he spends a lot of the nights and the weekends, whatever time free, to pour into youth and to serve on staff at, at a church. There's, a, there's there, four of these guys that were from that group are like that. There's a guy, and I've got to tell you about the guy I, I, w- I would have sworn to you was not going to make it. His name is Todd Tur- Turner. And Todd was uh, just dorky redneck, okay? Just Todd, drinking a lot on the weekends, not right at first, but as he grew up and grew, grew older and just sort of didn't really have time for God. One night, he and his brother John went out, and there were there was doing there were some construction back behind their house, like they were doing a whole housing deal. And they found one of these big old backhoe rigs with the, with the big scooper on it, with the with the and it had a, a steel cage that you could get into. And they found out the key to the t- toolbox to their truck would start would start would start it up. So they crank it up. And they go riding around in it, and they've got the, 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 the bucket way high in there. And if you know anything about those, those things will tip over in an instant. They're going up a hill, and it starts to tip. John jumps clear. Todd's in the middle of this cage, and it's starting to go down. And he goes to jump because he knows he's about to be crushed if he stays in this cage. And he jumps, and he didn't make it all the way, and it cut his leg off right here. The metal just just into the ground, but it pinched so hard that it made it so he didn't bleed out. So his brother had like 45 minutes to go find help because they were in the middle of nowhere. Todd was not going to church at the time. Christmas Eve, Eve, December 23rd, I get a phone call around 1 a.m. Come quickly, Todd's in bad shape to Baptist Hospital. I go there and... I see his mom and dad were there all night, if I re- remember. And uh, Todd ended up being all right. They, they, they cut, his, no, the leg was ripped off. Within a, two days, he had a pr- prosthetic leg on, and it was walking around on it, which folks were amazed. But that was sort of the way t- Todd was. Uh, he surfs with it all the time. He pretends that it, his leg falls off and, and falls down in front of folks to freak, to freak him out. Uh, one day, I really need to bring Todd up here for him to you for you to hear his story from his his mouth because from that night on, God changed Todd. 
Todd has been uh, uh, the chairman deacon at the church I used to, to serve at, and he's done it in a masterful way where he's humble. He works with World Relief with the refugees there. He's there all the time to teach ESL, which is English as a second language. He loves the Lord. And the Lord used this this awful moment in his life to change him. I just want you to know that story because some of you might go, I'm beyond help. Or you might think, well, some people I know are beyond help they're not. Do not forget how big our God is. Do not forget how big our God is. I was thinking of that group as well, and there's a guy, and I won't say his name, who I love very much, who hates God. He went on tour. He got big name, was been with a, a pretty big name band for 16 years now. Uh, doesn't believe in God at, at all. Very nice, polite kid when I run into him now but it's the saddest thing. It makes me think of Demas. Almost makes me think of uh, the coppersmith uh, because he is, is, he, when people talk about it, he, he um, almost spits venom at, at it. It's, it's very sad. One of this, the same guy in this group. I wouldn't have ever picked this guy to, to go that way, but he did. We can't judge a book by its, co- its, co- it, its cover relationships are messy. This doesn't mean don't get in them. It means be aware of them. It means love people where they are and, and p- p- point them to Christ and to God every chance that you get. Even if they're, they're going strong, point them to Christ. If they're, they're hurting, point them to Christ. Well, what if I don't know what to do? Point them to Christ. Relationships are messy. And then he says this in verse 16, point two. Sorry, stay on that one for a little while, but and I know I went off on a couple of different things. Um, verse 16, at my first defense, this is what Paul says, no one came to stand by, by me, but all deserted me. The, in the, the Roman courts, there would be two, two hear, 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 hearings. He's talking about the first one when the charges are first brought up against him. He said, no one, the, no one spoke up for me. Maybe they were scared. We don't know what was going on, but they, they, desert, they left him all by himself. And he says this. He says, may it not be charged against them. May it not be charged. Hey, Lord, don't hold it against them. They may have been weak. In that moment, I've been weak so many times. He writes about it all the time. And it re- reminded me of Luke 23, 24, where, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not, not what they do. Man, what a way for Paul to even, in one sentence, live that out. And can I tell you, in your life, for forgiveness is always a necessity. Forgiveness is, is always, and I wrote, ev- even to those who have really wronged you, okay, who have who, wronged. Now, that, that doesn't, you know, and, and you've, you've got to work through this, but, but the truth is, forgiveness is ne- necessary for you, for you. You go, well, I'm not going to forgive them and give them. Part of it is, is necessary for you to move on and not be bitter and wounded by it, but it's necessary, especially to those who have wronged you. Why? So that they can see your good deeds and, and, and praise God the Father who is in heaven. That's why we're, you know, and well, you go, well, how can I forgive? You know, and I, and I know there's atrocities that have to be worked through, okay? And so I'm not just saying 
you, hey, just forgive me and be done with it because I know there's processes. So don't take it lightly in what I'm saying. But there's times that we hold a grudge when, when a grudge ought not need to be held. Because we need to remember, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm called that just as God forgives me all sin and comes short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death. Just as this God has forgiven me, I forgive others. I take, how, how can I do it? I take what I know and I, I give it. I take what I know and I give it. Forgiveness, it's, it's necessary. And then it says this in verse 17. But the Lord stood by me. He said, no one was there. Don't let it be charged against them. And he says, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through, my, through me the, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles. What's a gen, gen, Gentile? It's a what? Non-believer. It's a, it's a, it's it's a it's, it's a not non-Jew, right? No. So, and so he goes. I want the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now I want you to know these are some of the last words of Paul. He goes on a little bit and just talks about some some folks that he loves. In the very end, we're not even going to read it for tonight. And he goes on to say, and, and some of the, the, bro, the brothers here send their love. and brothers. So that's sort of how he ends it past this. But right here he says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Last thing he's wanting to say is, hey, 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 Tim, Timothy, God's faithful. God's faithful. Hey, John, Parker, God's faithful. Right? Eilish, Rooney, God's faithful. This is what he's saying to someone that he loves. Hey, hey, don't know this. God's still in control. He is still bigger than what we're going to face. He stood by me. He gave me strength. And he rescues me from every evil deed. And then he says it in his own way, but he says, and then he brings me home. Then he brings me home, just like the boat in the Lord of the Rings, right? As it's departing, as we looked at this past week, that word departing, it's, it's not a traumatic deal. It's that boat being just shoved off to go to its, the place which is, which is he heaven. It, it's a peaceful thing. You know, I watched, just to wrap things up tonight, I watched some video clips today. I don't know how I, I came upon them, but they're some of the clips I love to watch the most. It was um, soldiers that are coming home from being at war or Iraq or Afghanistan, and they're surprising their wife, their wife or, or their kids and sort of showing the kid or the wife, and, and they come up out of nowhere. Uh, and those are some of the best clips ever to watch. If you're having a bad day, Take, take a look at those. I'm, in my age, I don't know why my eyes sweat a lot more when I see those things. I don't know. It's a condition that I have. Um, you know, the wives are about to pass out. The kids are about to explode, explode with joy. They, sometimes they don't even run up and grab them. So they're small kids. They're just like, ah! I mean, you'll say, I'm, just, I'm waiting for the one to go, Pew! you know, and you go, oh, can't watch these anymore. Um, I mean, it's just, it's that. But why are they so excited? Because their loved one is safely home. You know, and that relationship of the father 
in that family unit. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And moms do it too. So don't, don't, don't say, you're leaving them out. One day, and Paul knows his day's close. One day, he said, can you put that verse back up? I'll just start, start, start reading it. He, said, he says, uh, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what the, this life is about. God getting the glory forever and ever. Amen. Even through the messy relationships, even through the times when forgiveness is hard, but it's necess- ne- necessary, we must always remember that God's faithful. And I hope you've enjoyed getting to go through this book because there's so much there in this relationship where as, as this father type is trying to pour in this son, man, the greatness of who God is. And, and look out, and these are some of his last gaps going, hey, hey, don't, don't forget this. And can I tell you, don't forget it. God has such a plan for your life. If you ever begin to doubt that, please come and you need someone to speak it to you. Please go, hey, I just need to hear something. Just come to me, you know, not in front of a group. Just say, are you sure about that? I will tell you, I am 100%, no doubt, sure he's got a plan for you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for every student and adult that is in this place. I thank you for your word. I thank you for relationships that we have that are, are, are messy. And Lord, even right now, Lord, we may have family relationships that are, are just sort of a mess or friends that are a mess uh, and it could be parents whatever it can be Lord I just ask this Lord we just ask for your help give us wisdom to know what to do and to say and Lord I just ask for you to move in the lives of those that we love and Lord may we be a light may we be a light and we, may we speak up in the right way when the time is right in Jesus name we pray amen all right, don't forget to sign up for, um, or make sure your, your, your stuff information is good on the camp list. If it is good and, and you don't have to mark a thing, just put a check by it, and that's all we got.